0: You're listening to the Today's Wills and Probate Podcast, one of the leading sources of information for the wills and probate sector. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todayswillsandprobate.co.uk and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.
1: Hello, welcome along to the latest Today's Wills and Probate Podcast. Today I'm chatting about probate I'm joined by Michael, founder and co-director of Lorello. It's a a, a probate practice based down in the South, but I know you sort of operate nationally, Michael. Thank you very much indeed for joining. Morning, David. Yeah, no, thanks for having us today. I've got some questions about who Lorello are, so interested to hear about that, but also interested to hear about how you are coping with some of the challenges that there are around the probate sector at the moment, particularly around delays, and, and also how we can better educate the public on the process of probate, because it's a really difficult time. Um, I think we're teaching listeners to suck eggs when we talk about the challenges that bereavement brings, but I think we've we've all got different ways that we manage and, and cope with it. So I shall launch right in. The first question is always the same, Michael. I wonder if in the first instance you could tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, no problem. So we're a family company.
0: Um, so there's four members of my family within the company. Uh, one of them is my fellow co-director, Emma. We set up the company nearly 10 years ago now on the premise to make things different for families when they're grieving. We got um Please this is probably a strong word, but I'll use it anyway. By a sister's company that basically was doing a personal probate case for us. The communication was poor. The fee they said they were going to charge is doubled by the time it come to the end, and I, it was outrageous. We were grieving. We didn't know what way to turn. Never done this before. So as a family, literally the following day when it was all over and we paid their ludicrous bill, I said, well, "Okay, this is crazy. We're not stupid people." We've been in financial services a long time, and personally, all of us. Why don't we set something up ourselves that can basically make your normal Joe life when someone passes away better, more informative, better communication, more transparent? Because it's a very kind of cloak and dagger world when you go into it sometimes. And when you're grieving, you just need clarity. You need clarity on what someone's going to do for you need clarity on how long it's going to take and you need clarity in regards to how much it's going to cost. So that's how Lorello was built. We solely do probate. We don't do any other form of law. We're not solicitors. We're probate specialists, so that's important as well. And we don't portray ourselves as solicitors. We're very open and honest about that. And for us, we're 24-7. We're incredibly old school. We go and see families all over England and Wales face-to-face if they have a probate need. We talk to them about how they do it themselves. We'll show them how to do it themselves. We don't charge for that. It's only if they choose to instruct us that, obviously, we charge for. And our phones are always on, 24-7. Well, I still get phone calls Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday afternoon, asking questions about what's going on with their probate. And they always get answered and those questions get given. So that's important. And there's not many of us left in the industry. So it's important that we kind of carry on doing that old, old school, old way of
1: doing things. I want to drill into something that you said there, which was uh, you described probate at times as being a bit cloak and dagger. Tell me more about what you mean by that. What we found when we got into the industry and the longer we've been in now nearly 10 years is
0: that there's a lot of hidden things. You know, they they use this word disbursements, which I'm not a big fan of, which then doubles people's bills and all the rest of it. I understand there's small print, I understand there's T's and C's from solicitors and all the rest of it, but I, w- I would rather everyone just be honest with the families up front and say, look, in this scenario, A, B, C and D could happen. And there's a cost to A, B, C and D. But they kind of ignore that. I feel anyway, it's my personal opinion. And so when they do get that final bill, they're going, well, what the hell is that? Oh, but we told you it was, you know, and then they start using terminology. And that's another thing that we don't do. I hate terminology. You know, if you're going to go somewhere, tell them where you're going to go. Um, and make it clear to them because I mean, our average age of a client is anywhere between 70 to 80. So they may not have heard that kind of terminology before. So just talking to them in plain English makes a difference. So if you are going to talk about disbursements, talk about, oh, it's a court fee. Talking to them about, oh, it's where you change the title and land registry or whatever the actual disbursement is, don't tell them it's the disbursement. They won't know what that is. So that's what I mean by cloak and dag is that there's always. I feel there's always a more hidden agenda, and we go out our way to make sure that doesn't happen when someone instructs us.
1: In an age where we're moving rapidly towards introducing technology into our businesses and into our organisations, you, uh, and, and perhaps you won't mind me saying, you proudly describe yourself as old school. What does that mean? What Are you, are you old school in the sense that you're not forward thinking from a technology point of view? What does it, it mean for Lorello? No, so old-school in in regard to client-facing. So
0: behind the scenes, we've got, we're just about to launch a a very kind of digital CRM system for us, which gives us instant reports on everything we do. So behind the scenes, we're very up to the mark with technology nowadays. But when we're client-facing, that's what I mean by old-school. So if someone needs a cuddle, we'll give them a cuddle. If someone needs some harsh facts, we'll give them some harsh facts. And you don't get that much now. If you were to walk into a probate solicitor's office, first of all you'll pay for that. You may not pay for the first half an hour, but you'll pay for everything else. There's no touchy feely, what our class is touchy feely kind of response when someone's talking about their loved one who's just passed away. Where we're all about the loved one. You know, we, we do courses, our staff do courses about how to speak to people when they're grieving. We go on seminars about the way you speak to people when they've lost someone. And yeah, it's, it's just the old way of doing things. You know, if someone's sad, give them a cuddle. It doesn't matter what they're sad about, give them a cuddle and they'll be okay. So that's what we mean. And because we do face-to-face, again, a lot of the big private companies nowadays are more kind of telephone-based and postal-based because commercially, you know, honesty, it helps their bottom line. But I... For us, it's not always about the bottom line. It's about helping families, and that's that's why we set the thing up in the first place.
1: There's a risk here that we're going to tarnish everybody with the same brush, but uh, I think it's important that we we sort of recognise there are lots of different sort of probate providers out different
0: there. models, yeah, absolutely, different models.
1: So, what is it that makes Lorello particularly different in this space?
0: What makes us really different
1: is we're clearly not corporate. We're clearly
0: independent. We're family-based, and we do the the face-to-face offering all over England and Wales. And when we go and see our clients, like I said, the first thing we offer them is that they can do their probate themselves. And if they do want to do it themselves, we'll tell them how to do it. We'll tell them what forms to fill in. We won't charge them for any of this advice. We'll hold their hand if they want to hold their hand, you know. Um, and we only charge when if they choose to use us instead. So. We will give them options rather than just go in there to try and sell our services. It's not about that for us. So that's what I believe sets us apart. Now we've been kind of winning awards for what we do and being shortlisted and and stuff like that. That kind of ramps home the message to us and and our team that we are clearly doing the right things for the families all over the UK.
1: Yes, you reference your success at the... British Wills and Probate Awards. It would be remiss of me to not mention that, of course. <laughs> and, uh, we're recording in August. You've just been shortlisted for the 2023 event. Yeah. And we, exactly. we were chatting before we re- were recording about the impact that that has on your business, not just externally, but also internally.
0: Yeah. So, two things. You've got kind of two responses when you get shortlisted. And like I said, we were lucky enough last year to win. The uh, British Wills and Probate Ward for the uh, best probate company in the South. So that's great for us. So outwardly, it's fantastic exposure for us in the industry. It kind of puts our name above the parapet to other companies. So that kind of brings, again, commercially brings in new business, new introducers, new contacts, and opens up bigger doors for some big opportunities. So that's brilliant. Internally, though, is where I think it makes as much a difference because. That means the team we've got are getting rewarded for the message they're sending out and the, the services they're providing internally. So that's a huge boost. It's a great night out for the team, you know, from a team bonding point of view. We had a great night out, a great couple of days. But it just shows you that hard work and honest work can be rewarded. And the fact that we are sending across the right message both internally and outwardly to the industry, that's what I think winning the award and now being shortlisted definitely does because we're continuing the journey and we're clearly doing a good job It
1: Let's move on. I said I wanted to talk about some of the practicalities of working in the probate sector and you've you've articulated uh, why you set the business up and what your inspiration was and and some of the challenges uh, around that. But there's some very different challenges right now, particularly around Probate delays. Yeah, what's your experience there? How are you managing client expectations?
0: Yeah, they're they're shocking. That the courts at the moment are shocking. There's no fixed timescales. You know, you could put in two applications the same day, and they could be exactly the same kind of applications, and you get one back in three weeks and one back in five months. And there's no logic for it. Now, that has no bearing on the courts because they don't seem to care about that because they're not taking phone calls and answering families when they're grieving but but we are daily so the only thing we do is we we try and manage the expectations very early doors when we speak to families when they instruct us we tell them up front that it could be a minimum of 16 weeks we will try our best to get it through the system earlier but there's no guarantee of that and we will keep them updated as much as they would like us to for that process. And then again commercially, David, we we only get paid when the grant comes in. So again, commercially it's in our interest to get that grant within a few weeks if we can, because we have no interest in letting it drag on for longer than when we need to. So so that helps with our families. Now the family's not paying us any money up front and That means that they know that we're working for them and with them rather than just waiting for the courts to do their job. But it's incredibly tough. And and again, when someone's grieving, they don't always hear what you say fully and they expect everything to happen the following day. When in the real world, unfortunately, it it doesn't do that.
1: And what about financial institutions, pension providers, that kind of thing? Are Are you finding that they are sort of similarly challenged as you guys are?
0: No, I, I, do you know what? All the, all the asset houses and investment houses and stuff that we deal with seem to be very on the ball. Just they're uh, on, on the ball with everything, we, we kind of get a lot of information that we need for a program application back quite quickly. So, no, I, I, I think they're good. I, I just think that the courts are so overworked and overwhelmed. I still think they're playing catch up from COVID.
1: Oh, massive. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Without shadowed They They're not admitting to it, but they still are. They've got less people working forever than they've ever had. Most of them are still working from home. So there's just no time frame and there's no kind of rules to adhere to. And there's no regulation there. So they can't be held responsible. And that's frustrating.
1: You talked about the fact that you guys are not solicitors. You talked about the fact that you're a probate specialist there's this big drive in legal services to create greater transparency. There's lots of discussion about regulation. That's not a conversation for today, but there is this opportunity to educate the public on the differences in legal services and the differences in providers. How do you guys tackle that? Is that a a big part of the way that you market yourselves? Yeah, I mean, we 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 do get asked these questions not very often nowadays, but maybe
0: like once once every couple of months in regard to, are you solicitors? Uh, no, we're not. OK, do you not have to be solicitors to do probate? No, you don't. So there's a huge myth around kind of probate work and whether or not you have to be legal or, or not legal. The main thing for us is obviously the reason we've chosen to go down this route and not go down the legal route Regulatory route, which we can do now as a third body, is that we feel it would restrict us with our families if we went down the legal route than it would if we were heavily regulated, let's say for the SRA or the FCA, whoever it is. So we made the conscious decision, myself and Emma, not to go down that route uh, because it just gives us more flexibility with our families when it comes to giving and probate advice. And what I mean by that is we're transparent with our fees still. So basically at that client meeting we'll tell them to the penny how much it's gonna cost them. We're transparent with what the services they're getting for us, and also the extra services they get for us that they don't pay for. We're very transparent about that. So there's nothing hidden with us, and that makes a massive difference. And we can do we do a lot of pro bono stuff, which we can do because at the end of the day, Emma and I decide if we want to charge someone or if we don't want to charge someone. And I feel if we go down the regulatory route, we will be heavily restricted about what we can and can't do for the families, more importantly. I'm not too fussed about us because regulation can be a good thing in many ways. But in regard to a family, I think it hinders their journey rather than enhances it.
1: There's definitely a misnomer about the availability of, of other service providers. Uh, yeah. across Wills and probate. I mean, we, we obviously see it quite a lot across the will writing industry. And of course, you've got this latest Competition and Markets Authority investigation yep. into that yep. space, uh, which will be interesting to see what the results will be. Absolutely. But how do we educate the public about the wider availability of service providers that aren't just solicitors?
0: Yeah, I, I think the, the generation we're kind of dealing with now the older generation with do them and now it will be tough it is a tough message to get out because they've had years of kind of being snowballed into the idea that they have to use a family sister for everything well the days fa- of family sisters are probably about 80 years old they're, they're long gone and um, so for us it's probably more a case of education the next education next generation of people coming through the people who are using their phones their apps and everything else like that they're looking for other avenues because they're naturally intrigued rather than their their parents or their grandparents that have always gone down the routes of using science so in their village or their town or speaking to june down the bingo hall and whatever she's told them that they'll go and use <laughs> it's, a, it's a classic we get lunch referrals in some science those told us so it's a, it's a tough one David. I, I think it's just a case of keep on banging the drum about people have more options nowadays and more choices and they don't always have to go down the traditional route of using a legal company to do the work that they do because nowadays it's not rocket science. You could you can do this yourself. So and that's what we try and do. Mm-hmm.
1: I love talking to the Wills and probate community because you're dealing with people on a day to day basis. And we all know that people can be Uh, a little bit odd at times, I think it's fair to say. I've had some wonderful stories about turning up to write a will for example and uh, one, uh, perhaps a partner, perhaps a a husband or a wife, announces that they have an illegitimate child or something like that that the other didn't know about and somebody's telling me recently that that's happened to them. You must have some interesting Stories that you could share about your experiences over the last ten years?
0: Yeah, we we do. We do. For example, we had one, um, and it's one of my clients actually. That I went to see uh, whereas, in regards to him as child. They had a whole family in the Caribbean, wow. and it all yeah yeah whole new family. So we obviously we need to talk about worldwide assets. So to the family about kind of what the worldwide assets, and it says oh has got he's got a house in the Caribbean and it has got some bank accounts out there. Oh. Okay, fine. And um, so how do I contact them? How do... Anyway, long story short, we came out in the bush that had this whole family, new children. But ironically, it went from like shock and horror. And when I visited them a few weeks after that, they'd actually got in contact with the family the children. They'd all now become a combined family. And they all kind of going out to see each other like, next summer. It's incredible, absolutely wow. incredible. So it does happen. And then the other the funny story, I went to see a family up north and I will not be the further north you get, the funnier the stories get. I
1: uh, uh, yeah, and they become true. more
0: more honest and brutal where this lady's brother had passed away. They're, they're both in their nineties. The brave brother passed away. And basically, they were due to go on holiday the following week. So now she's got a dilemma of basically going on holiday without him. And she was absolutely tearing strips off him in the meeting saying, had dare he died. That's so rude and um, selfish. Because he was due to pay the deposit today, and he's gone and died on me. Thank you, mate. White joke. I mean, we've been to meetings where they've made us have dinner with them. You know, sit down and have a dinner with them and talk to them about probate over a dinner because that's the polite thing to do when you're in your eighties or nineties. You, you know, you just have a family meal. It's incredible, I- incredible. And and that's real life, David. I mean, that's like you said, that's what happens in the real world when someone's grieving and someone's lost someone. Not necessarily when you walk into someone's office and say, "Okay, can you help me with probate? And that's why we will always do face to face, because we get that kind of
1: reactions and responses. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I find it useful to share things like that because we're all in the same boat. And and sometimes we forget that as a profession, we're all dealing with the same people or we're all dealing with the same issues day in, day out. Uh, And I I think it's useful to remind ourselves of that from time to time. We're fast moving towards the end of the discussion, uh, and it's it's been great to have you on Michael. Thank you so much for sharing your insight. I guess the you welcome. Away, Thank you. I guess the takeaway for me is around that whole choice piece that it's really important that we try and make more of an effort as a as an industry, as a community to uh, educate the public on on their options particularly around bereavement, because, as you've already pointed out, that whole grieving process is, is really, really tough for people to go through. And they're vulnerable. And it's just a very, very difficult time of life.
0: No, yeah, ma- ma- massively. And it, it kind of be, it, it bewilders me that people may only do probate once or twice in their lifetime. Thank God. And it's an incredible kind of thing that you do that you know nothing about. It's like a, it's like a dark industry because the amount of phone calls we get where say we've got to do pro yes, I have no idea what that means. We have loads of those kind of phone calls daily. And it's incredible that people are not educated on this and the government educate people more about this as well, about kind of what they can claim on tax relief and so on and so forth. But it goes back to the old thing about I mean, it's crazy that children are educated on financial services at school. Well, the next thing is, why are they also not educated on what happens when someone passes away? You know, ranging from funeral homes to hospitals to the grief that comes with that. And probate is exactly in that same kind of boat, is that more people should be out there shouting about it. More people should be educating people on their choices and people's choices nowadays is that they don't have to use it to legal practice. They can use someone like us. So the more we do things like this with yourself, David, and podcasts and social media, it is a thing that people need to know about more and more. Because you guarantee to thing, we're all going to pass away at some point. So at some point, someone's going to have to deal with that process for us. So they should know a little bit before that happens.
1: Another soapbox and another discussion for another time. But thanks very much indeed for joining us podcast Michael it's been great to have you on. No worries thanks David. The Today's Wills and Probate podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider it's also available on todays My thanks to Michael thank you as ever for listening and we'll see you again soon.
0: You're listening to the Today's Wills and Probate podcast, one of the leading sources of information for the wills and probate sector. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todayswillsandprobate.co.uk and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.